Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. New York City's, it is my esteemed pleasure, my great pleasure to be able to say we're going to be talking basketball on a very high level today. Me and Sam have bought in a professional. Let's talk basketball, New York City. Sam Lachow, yes, how are you, young fella? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited about our guest, and I'm also pumped that basketball's getting uh, back on track tonight, and obviously the Nets tomorrow. I feel such like such a selfish little prick when I talk about my basketball team. It's almost like I'm bragging. To be, <laughs> it's it's like I'm the richest kid on the block, and I keep on coming outside and showing my new Georgians on an everyday basis. It it's not right. But it feels so good, doesn't it, Samuel? Yeah, I mean it's 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 awesome. At this point, I'm you, you don't want to you know you want to enjoy the ride, but I'm I'm getting starting to get a little ex- excited for the uh, eventual playoffs to come. So, but we got we, we got still another half a season. Yeah, no, and and to talk about that uh, up and coming half a season, I'm I want to bring in a gentleman that, like honestly, I think Nets fans owe a debt of gratitude to this cat because without much reward uh, monetarily, this young man, like, I, I'm in terms of Nets coverage, for me, for me personally, like, when I get Nets information, it starts with, with uh, Anthony Puccio, and I'm thrilled to have my homeboy on here. Like, I honestly, like, me and Pooch have met in real life, we uh we we did the Evan Roberts um, um podcast together. Crazy things were said, but Pooch, can are are you there, sir? Can you hear me? I'm with you, brother. Last time we did this, you said AD was coming to Brooklyn, so I meant Andre Drummond. <laughs> A the crystal ball threw me <laughs> wrong seven footer. Nah, man. Yo, like, so everyone knows you as a, you know, a, a Nets fan, growing up Nets fan, and you're an optimistic dude. You you don't really spew negativity on the on the on the timeline. So a lot of times, you know, through these hard times, uh, Nets fans look to you as a, a person to kind of be that beacon of hope. Like even you, sometimes in these really hard times. I kind of looked at shit dark too. Couldn't help it. It was bad. Yeah. But like, how 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 was it for you to carry that? Like, like internationally known as Nets as a Nets do. Like, how hard was you was it for you to get us to this point? I mean, 
Eve, again, you you followed me from day one, and Sam, you mentioned the same thing. Um, for me, for me, it was like covering the team was house money because I was still in college. You know, it was it was it was fun. It was experience. Uh, that was my college experience, and and as I, I don't know, kind of learned the game a little bit more, understood what the fans wanted, and really started interacting. Uh, it became fun, but. Um, you watch the Nets. For me, obviously, I've, I've watched this team since I was a little kid when they were in Jersey. Watching that Jason Kidd team up front, had season tickets, uh, studied the game. And then, man, I, I mean, when I started covering the team, that's when the downfall hit. That's when the, that's when they traded all their picks. And, and you know, it, it was almost like, hey, we'll, you know, we'll toss this kid a bone while uh, he's still in college. But respectfully, uh, for me, it was, it was one of those things, Eve, like, you know, another man's uh garbage is is one man's treasure right like so so it was it was was unbelievable to have that opportunity to cover an nba team up close but that was some of some of the worst basketball that i've seen some of the worst managerial skills i've ever seen um and trying to it wasn't like i was trying to stay positive it was more just like i i I try and keep things in a real perspective and, and and understand like that 14, 15, 15, 16 year with Lionel Hollins was some of the worst basketball, discombobulated basketball I've ever seen. But when Sean Marks came here, and this is why I was always relatively optimistic, even when they were bad. Contrary to the Billy King days and the Lionel Holland days, I saw a man, and, and not just a man, but a whole system with a plan. Like they actually knew what they were going to do. They 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 knew where they had to get step by step. And we talk about culture so much and, and, and people feel like it's it's beaten to death. But the honesty in it is that I saw Kenny Atkinson and Sean Marks actually building a culture where guys wanted to go play. And when Louis Scola said like once his team is mm-hmm. is good whoever they want, like that didn't come as a surprise to me because I had been covering this team. They had that beautiful practice facility that matters to the players. Like like little things like they made the couches bigger for for uh, seven foot you know uh, human beings like yeah. like yeah. these yeah. you know like the little things that matter. Sean March was sending families you know flowers to ten day players to the mothers to the sisters to the girlfriends you know they were doing little things like that that really appealed to the players on the human side and I understood the importance of the word of mouth and and, and so you do take those stepping stones, right? You implement this blue-collar culture, and a lot of that is to Kenny Atkinson. A lot of that is attributed to him. A lot of Knicks fans think that I'm I'm being a, a, a jerk or I'm just, you know, talking them down or, or, or something when I say it hurts them that they train in upstate New York. It oh, hurts. Yeah. And, and, you know, because you have the access, I want to ask you, like, how how much of that you know, even though you clearly just reported on it that it's real, but how how much of that is 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 implemented, like in in a way that players take advantage of it? You, yeah, you understand so what I'm saying? Like, well, I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, I mean, I, I think of it like this, and it goes back to my point. Like, you you build the facility five minutes away from the home arena in in the borough of Brooklyn, up and coming, and, and these guys can walk to the practice facility where the Knicks, obviously you got to sit in traffic and, and go 45, 50 minutes upstate. So Jared Dudley 
and the word of mouth that I mentioned before. Jared Dudley comes to the Nets. He's played on about five, six teams before he came to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to Kevin Durant. He's talking to Kyrie Irving. He's talking to all the best free agents around the NBA. And he's saying, yo, you could go to Madison Square Garden and play for the Knicks. But to get to practice, you got to sit in 45 minutes of traffic. Now, the Nets had that same problem when the facility was still in Jersey. But now that it's in, in Sunset Park, five minutes away from Barclays Center, that was actually one of the top free agent uh, pitches for the Nets. Right. Like, if, if you want to play in New York and you want to go over there, fine. You could deal with that hassle or you could just come here and everything is super convenient for you. Look, look at the picture that that um, uh, a Sam took. Well, not Sam didn't take it, but uh, oh. Sam posted exclusively of uh, Nash and Blake Griffin having lunch or, or, or wherever they chose to meet. It, they look like two gigantic versions of Brooklyn hipsters at a dope Brooklyn restaurant. And guess what? They're going to walk around the corner, head over to Industry City, and and talk about basketball even further. That like life looks pretty good, right, Sam? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I, I actually have uh, I've ventured out to the practice facility just to kind of see the area, and I was kind of around it anyway. And yeah. I mean, I think like I think everything that you guys just said uh, is totally spot on. And I think even like just from like a relatable level, like like who would want to like join a t- I mean, to join a team and then to spend as you guys are mentioning hours on end in traffic and like i'm from westchester and like i think their practice facilities in greenberg which is like unbelievably north from where i am even like it's it's gonna be 45 minutes from me and it takes me a half hour to get into the city so i mean like i i think that can't go um under the radar but pooch i was i was curious for you because we're even uh mentioned uh blake and obviously uh drummond and uh otto porter a lot of different guys have been mentioned but i'm kind of curious because you know the organization super well i mean it, it goes without saying and i'm assuming nets fans know this but like you were all in on the hardened trade and knew about it before any of the big insiders um did and i'm curious like in terms of a in terms of the pecking order of who's making like big time decisions uh within the organization and when and within the structure um, at Barclays Center, like if you're talking Josai and Marks and also Nash, but then also Durant, Irving, Harden, where do you kind of see the pecking order of who's kind of deciding which who are the right buyout guys? Like, is is the, like is there a pecking order? Is it still Marks' show? Because you know we've heard stuff that size involved, whoever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I was having this conversation with one of my friends the other day, and I was like, you know, it, it's interesting because. Sean Marks is the Don Vito Corleone of the Brooklyn Nets organization. That makes KD like the Michael Corleone or or vice versa, right? So when you're talking right. about pecking order, I think it's one of those things like Sean Marks had all the power when Prokhorov was still here because Prokhorov and Dmitry Razumov had messed up so bad with that Celtics trade being hands-on that when they hired Marks, it was like, you do what you got to do. And it we're hum- going to stay in hum- humble those guys. It, no, Did I was just said? saying that it humbled the Russians. They they kind of like was like, all right, we don't know what we're doing. Let's hire right. someone competent. This Marks guy looks like he knows what he's doing. Let's protect our investment and get and get that right. out the way. That's that's a skill, as a matter of fact. I, I I salute them for doing that. Absolutely, absolutely. And they look, they learned, like you said, they they were humbled, and that's the difference, though. Like Marks had all of the power, and now you do have a guy like Kevin Durant that comes in, and you have. Joe Sy coming in and and yeah, Joe Sy 
is is a hands-on owner. He he has a lot to do with what what the decision making is right now. Right. Kevin Durant does have a lot to do with the decision making. Um, ultimately, look, it's Sean Marks that's going to present these things to the table, you know, and bring them. But uh, without, I don't, I, you know, I don't think he, uh, I don't think he's getting as much leeway as he did with Prokhorov. I'll put that lightly, and I'll say that I think a couple of decisions in the past, recent past two, uh, have been influenced by Joe Sy. How how much do you think? I because I know you were all over this story. Uh, salute my man, um, A. Pooch. Um, how much do you think it was this type of scenario? Is Joe Sy going? Wait a second. <laughs> oh, we're gonna be rusted guys all the time. Forget that. Go get Harden right now. Don't play any games. <laughs> get him right now. How how possible was that scenario, Pooch? Well, I, well, I think. It, it coincides with everything that happened in my story, like that I kind of prematurely written it in, in the eyes of, of fans and stuff in November. But you know, I think I think Sean Marsh always had an eye for for James Harden, and and, and I mean these guys are working out together in California, and I, I believe they were talking about it. And, and you bring that to Sean Marks, you know, he's going to figure out the best possible way to make that trade. Now, a couple months go by, Kyrie Irving is away from the team for two weeks for reasons that people don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's when, you know, Joe side gets angry, taps Sean Marks on the shoulder and says, you, you know, you do it. You, whatever you have to do to get James Harden in this building. Right. Uh, I'm not saying that definitively. I'm not saying that with sources, but it was one of those things where I know for a fact that Joe side was very upset and very angry during that Kyrie de- uh, debacle. And that's when they traded for James Harden. So, I mean, I'll let you guys put two and two together. I uh, I think that's a that's a the only intelligent conclusion because I I really believe maybe not Karis or maybe not Jared, but definitely not both. Right? One of those two, Marks wanted to keep, and he was playing a little bit of hardball because. If they were going to do it, they should have done it when they still had their draft pick. All of these rumors started before the NBA draft. You could have you could have used that draft pick as a part of the package to get Harden. Like like honestly, they used it to get Shamit. I'm I'm quite sure they would have liked to have kept Jared Allen and and given up that draft pick instead. And it sounds like Houston wanted a pick more than they wanted Jared Allen. So, I don't know, Pooch, like, how, how, if, how, was there another way that you could, you could say that Sean Marks wanted it to go? Exactly how you said. He, he, he would have preferred to obviously throw in a first round pick instead of giving up Jared Allen. They really did not want to give up Jared Allen. That, that's one thing I know for a fact. They really did not want to. Something that was very quiet is that you know, KD loved Jared Allen. Uh, people forget that, you know, they're both, they both went to Texas. You know, they have that connection. Um, they did play together for a little bit over the summer, and, and, and KD had seen Jared Allen's potential. They they did not want to get rid of him. Uh, but, again, like you said, man, like, they, like the draft passed, and, and they they got rid of that pick, and it was off the table. They had, they had no other choice but to include Jared in that deal. Luch, I'm a... I'm curious about Kyrie a little bit because like I'm I, I'm someone who's probably defended him 
more than most. And I do think it's kind of interesting that you mentioned, uh, you mentioned that Cy was obviously unhappy about what was going on when he was absent. And I think it's interesting because, you know, you look back and Kyrie was obviously playing until he got hurt last year and kind of became the, uh, kind of became like the, the star, uh, in this city. And especially with, I think a lot of Nets fans, cause he also kind of dated back to our days of going to Jersey and rooting for the Jason Kidd team. And, really embraced Nets culture and made the, I think made Nets fans kind of feel like this is a preeminent organization and that like the Knicks were kind of never even something that he was thinking that much about. But I'm curious if you think that the him leaving coupled with him leaving for uh, those seven games coupled with um, like Durant, obviously now playing and even his absence and and everything like that, if that made him kind of lose a little bit of, um, uh, influence and strength within the organization because when they first got here it kind of felt like Kyrie was leading the charge to Brooklyn and that and that he was almost as influential or more influential than even KD was well I mean I think it goes with what every man and woman says right the only thing that we have is our word and and Kyrie last year was out mysteriously with that shoulder injury and we just hadn't heard about it for eight weeks Uh, a couple of questionable decision making on his end so, yeah, to answer your question, yes, I do think that he did lose some of his power. And then coming into this season, you know, he goes, you know, whatever, two weeks without the team, seven games. And, you know, there were different things tossed around. What I was told was that he was upset over the Capitol Hill incident. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to get into anything else, you know, further talking about people's mental health or anything like that. But those types of things were happening. And then. And the Nets were fine with that. They were, they were okay. They were understanding. Like, like I mentioned, you know, early in this podcast, was that they they care about you know the betterment of their players and, and their well being. But uh, when those videos viral uh, went viral on social media, uh, I, I think that's when Kyrie kind of lost uh, really much of his much of his word, his say. Uh, he, you know, he wasn't really exactly. I'm not disrespecting him in any way, but you know, he said he wanted to fight social injustice, but he was out partying at a club with his family um, and violated COVID uh, protocols. So, uh, you know, for the Nets, like, I I think Kyrie is still obviously, you know, look, they're not here without him. So he he gets that respect, but I'm not really sure now with a healthy Kevin Durant around. uh, I don't don't think he's the one calling the shots anymore. I think they recognize that Kevin Durant Durant is is the fulcrum. If Kevin Durant plays in the playoffs, they win the championship. There's, you're not, you're not, you're not losing the championship with one or, or with two of of um, uh, Harden, Kyrie, and, and KD. If you have two of them, you're, you're you're not losing, especially with these additions that they're making, which we're going to talk about uh, right after this. But the reason why I always say that Kyrie is the team MVP because the spirit of this thing is, is coming from Kyrie, right? I think, I think Kevin Durant could win the finals MVP and James Harden could win the NBA MVP. And still Kyrie would be the Nets team MVP. Like, like where that team is emotionally. I I think it, 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 it balances on Kyrie. Because it's like that saying from the movie, who put this thing together? Me. That's who. And that's Kyrie. Kyrie put this thing together. 
you know, Pooch, does he deserve that kind of credit? Uh, uh, is it legitimate to, to kind of look at him as the architect of this monster that we, we're rooting for now? Of course. I, I mean, the guy is unbelievable. He, he creates art on the word, on, on the court. And, and, you know, I remember when, when uh, he had gone on his hiatus, a lot of, you know, talk show hosts were saying, you know, is he worth, is he worth all this trouble? And the, the answer is absolutely yes. yes. I mean, I mean, like you watch a guy play on the court, you tell me, you know, two point guards that are better than him in this league. Right. So the big question with him went, well, better yet, when James Harden came here was, you know, can, can Kyrie play the Ringo star of the bunch when really it's the John Lennon, Paul McCartney and George Harrison. Yeah, he's Paul McCartney. That's exactly. for sure. That, exactly. And and you want to know what what tells me that's true? Harden played with Westbrook. Now, granted, it was a diminished Westbrook, but it was better than this than this Westbrook, and the results weren't the same. And there, I I would say the Houston supporting cast was better than the current Nets supporting cast in the sense of who's in the front court. I think Capella. And PJ Tucker is a better front court than 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 what we all of the different combinations we've had at the Nets, um, as as surrounding pieces to a uh, uh, a Harden and 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 Westbrook, a Harden and CP3, Kyrie was able to change his game as a point guard to say, you know what, I'm going to be micro Kobe Bryant, I'm going to play this role, and Harden, you could have the ball in your hands and you could create. And and even, you know, that piece of willingness uh, um, from from Kyrie, it, it just goes to show, man. Like, he he's he's the battery in the back of this thing. Like, if he part of it's keeping Kevin Durant healthy, keeping Kyrie healthy, and also keeping Kyrie sane. I think I think the Nets are equipped to do to do it. Uh, 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 you know, Sam or Pooch. You know, do either one of you guys disagree with that? Yeah, I mean, look, I I totally disagree. I mean, look, Eve, your uh, your your optimism always always scares me as a as a neurotic, <laughs> as a neurotic Mets and Nets fan. Like that's uh, it's, it's always going to be tough for me to to handle. But I uh, look, I I think we we definitely should get into the 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 supporting guys that they're gonna that they're gonna hopefully bring in and how so, that. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna back Eve up here real quick. Sorry, Sam, I don't mean to interrupt. No, you. go ahead. I I know I, look I think the only team that can beat the Nets is themselves. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I did kind of say that before the pot started. Up, so. <laughs> but, but but did you you just said that you don't you don't agree with him? No, no. I just I'm just, I'm just terrified of a of a of a insane neurotic jinxing of of anything because uh <laughs> because I'm because I'm I'm too used to like it's Nets fan heartbreak. nerves. I, I mean, I was sweating <laughs> during the during the first of all, I was at the Nate Robinson Nets game in Chicago. When he scored, what is it like, twenty-five points in the fourth in the fourth quarter uh, in that bowl series that I thought they oh, were going to win? Bad memories. And I remember, so like I've I've been there for for, for, all, look, for a lot of stuff. Look, brother, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I I feel your pain. I understand what you're trying to say, but sit back, enjoy the show. I yeah. mean, you got James Harden, KD, and Kyrie. That you know, <laughs> these are different nets, my man. No, they are. They totally are. I have to. I'm trying to. I'm starting. To, I'm starting to get used to it. I'm starting to get used to it. It's it's weird. It's 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 and I, like I don't want to come across. It as feels biased, imaginary. It, it yeah, it doesn't feel real. But the thing is that the question I'm asking myself is not only do the Nets win the championship this year, but are they a dynasty that wins 
next year and the year after. Ah, that's almost a good segue because you gotta, you almost have to apply that when you're thinking of who you're gonna add this year, right? So far, we've added Blake Griffin. You know, I, I, I think, I think it's a, it's, it's a hire that ha, uh, that I mean, excuse me, it's a signing that has no risk. It's only one point two million dollars. This is a dude who want who wants what we want. He wants to win a championship. That's the only reason why he give up that money and come here. He recognizes his basketball mort- mortality, and he stored up all his jumps to come to Brooklyn and uh, uh, and get this ring. And I, 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 first of all, give me your opinion before you give me your opinion on on the on the piece. Let me say this. I think Nash has a big role planned for him. It's not going to happen immediately, but I think they had a conversation in that in that swanky little uh, uh, Brooklyn bistro, and and basically Nash said, "Look, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to slowly bring you in. You can start showing people that you have your superpowers again, and I'm seeing you as a foreman." Now we all thought he was going to be a center. But now that he's talking this four man thing, like critique this signing, uh, uh, Pooch. First, I think I think the Nets are a step ahead of everybody. I think something to keep in mind, you know, look, they had Steve Nash hired in in the summer yeah. while they're still in the bubble, and then James Harden and Blake Griffin were two of the players that were working out with KD, Kyrie, oh, no. in the summer in California. So were they having those conversations beforehand? Going yes. back. Oh. Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> Go so ahead. I'm looking at this team right now, and I understand Blake Griffin hasn't dunked the basketball since December 2019. And I I don't think that's an, uh, an anomaly. I think his legs are shot. I think, look, I you know, speaking with people in Detroit, they were telling me, like, yo, his defense is shot. Like, he, he could not defend anybody this year. He was falling over himself. With that being said, like you said, Eve, like there's there's no risk in this. I mean, you you have a guy that could still score 12, 15 points a game. He's not going to need the rock in his hands. He has that Nick Batum effect, you know, going from Charlotte to to the Clippers. That's a great one. Uh, joining a championship team, you know, coming off the coming off the bench behind KD, coming off right. the bench behind James Harden. You know, like when when your role and the expectations go way below from where you're the number one guy in Detroit to now the number six, number seven, number eight guy in Brooklyn on a championship contending team. Basketball becomes a whole lot more fun. The game comes a lot easier after that. So for me, I understand like his weaknesses. I understand why people, you know, might not feel like it's, you know, it's not, it's not the needle mover, but it's, it's, it's everything the Nets should be doing to go win a championship. These veteran players that are kind of out of their prime but still can bring something to the table. This is what happens. They flock to the championship contending team. And Blake Griffin is the latest example. I, I think he's one of many that's going to happen over the next year or two. So are you a drumming guy too? In what sense do I? If, do all I right, so, so, so there's two choices, even though I think the Nets could sign both and <laughs> – it, it wouldn't surprise me, but you have two choices. I'll give you three. Trevor Ariza, Andre Drummond, Otto Porter. 
Who are you signing, Pooch? If you can go get Andre Drummond, you go get Andre Drummond. <laughs> I mean, like, people people look past Andre Drummond. He's been on some awful teams, but this guy, he could put up 20-20 if he actually tried. Like, most of his games are effortless, and he's still putting home 15-15 and 15 on bad teams. I understand that, but with the Nets, he'd be perfect here. I mean, like, to have a bruiser like that that could just only – hey, hey, Drummond, rebound the ball. Play some defense and set some hard screens for KD, Kyrie, and Harden. That's all. That's all you got to do. Catch all of the things offense. he does well is the things that the Nets need. Exactly, he fills he, the void that they need. He. That's why I liked him better than Blake. Uh, it 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 still could happen. Sam, you wanna you wanna make an argument for Otto Porter or or a Trevor Ariza? No, I mean honestly, I um, I what you call it? I mean I'm. I mean, Drummond to me is the is the obvious like guy that would just mean a world of difference. I mean, I know that like it's funny. A lot of people have been commenting about the Nets' defense, and with with good reason. I mean, like obviously it hasn't been great. I've been more concerned at times with just rebounding, and as like which I kind of which I do kind of see as a different facet of the game. And I think what Pooch said is just like is spot on. Like you put him on the team, and he just like if he's engaged, it's just a different ball like he's sucking up all 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 those rebounds and it's a total game changer and the nets in a lot of these games get killed with second chances i mean i think look porter is interesting because he he's obviously like a bigger more physical wing which uh which earlier in the year was all that we were talking about in terms of what they needed but i mean like first of all it looks like there's a chance of both but i mean um um i mean i think i i totally agree in that i think drummond is drummond is the is the big time game changer and i think there's a reason why i mean the the drummond watch from nets twitter um, nothing will ever compare to the the dwight howard watch on twitter and that's when i feel like twitter would really start to to yeah to blow up i I remember being a freshman in college and updating my hoop hype every five seconds but uh (laughs) but the but the but the drummond thing is definitely something the nets fans are fixated on right now no i I don't think you i don't think we see that one happen here here's my argument for Otto Porter, even though I'm not making an Otto Porter, Porter argument. I think Otto Porter could be a KD understudy. Like, when KD has to get rest, you could roll out fake Otto Porter and keep KD from getting hurt. I mean, um, you could pull out fake KD in, in the form of Otto Porter, and you're, you're putting in a 6'8", 6'9", guy that's, that's playing on the wing that could be your power forward, your small ball power forward, and and your um your starting um, crew uh, uh small forward, but outside of that, I just can't argue against Andre. De- I mean Andre Drummond because Andre Drummond lets you get second chances. A guy that would get you four second chances at shooting, and your team is averaging sixty percent from the field uh, uh, amongst their superstars when they're on the court together. That's ridiculous. That means that means you're shooting almost seventy five percent from the field. And with this offense, just adding Andre Andre Drummond to start off games, not even to finish games. At the end of, at the end of the games, you're just going to punish teams downhill, and you might even play KD at at center. But to start games where you could just throw bruises at at um, LeBron and and and, and uh, uh, AD. It's it's phenomenal what what they can do. If you had to place your bet um, on which happens, not which one you want, but which happens, um, which one happens, Pooch? 
I think Otto Porter Jr. I, I, th- I think he's very realistic. And and everything you said is very valid. I agree with it, Eve. Like, in terms of, you know, KD needs a rest. You have that guy that, you know, he could come in. He could he could a do A bootleg the- version of him. A bootleg version. Not the same, yeah, but yeah, similar. Yeah, no. Some, I, some I, know, like I know exactly what you're saying. And, and play multiple positions. <laughs> right. Cover multiple positions. He could play one, two, three, four, five. You know, they want to play that small ball lineup. He could do it. Right. You know, you're like talking about somebody hope for for Roberson. Like Roberson couldn't couldn't hit a, a corner three to save his life. Now with this guy shooting wide open, shooting unguarded, what would Otto Porter, uh, uh you know, a three point field goal percentage be on this team? <laughs> he's a forty percent three point shooter. So you're talking about the Joe Harris effect now. I mean, Joe Harris was always always hitting his threes, but. Obviously, number one in the NBA this year because of, you know, obvious reasons. <laughs> obvious reasons. <laughs> he's shooting in a wide-open gym. Yeah, so you, so you have a 40% shooter in Otto Porter Jr. who's done that on rebuilding Chicago and Washington teams his whole career. You bring him to Brooklyn, he's playing with a big three. You know, See. Joe Harris swings it to him in the corner if, if he doesn't like the look that he has. That 40% is going to be 46%. And no disrespect to TLC. I'm... I'm not mad at any of his contribution based off of the level of a player that he is, but if you could swap TLC minutes for for um, Otto Porter minutes, I I think that's a pretty big win for the for the Nets. Even though it's not what Andre Drum, Drummond does a whole lot more, but uh, like <laughs> it's it's cheating if you get both. Yeah, I got. I mean, I mean, two things about about that. I mean, first. The, the Porter thing would be obviously full circle because that was one of Marx's uh, like restricted free agent offers. And we, right. and we saw him go back and get and Sean get Marks made who, him uh, rich. Who, yeah. And, <laughs> and the other thing is I'm, I'm curious because you've obviously been around like a bunch of players, management, agents. And I mean, I mean, like I um, I saw recently that Blake has the same agent or under the same umbrella at Excel with Jeff Schwartz, who I know played a big role with the Nets when D Will was there. Right. Uh, and I know that Blake has it has the same agent as I think DJ and also uh, Drummond. And I'm wondering, I mean, we've seen that Rock Nation obviously have a big role with the with the team now. Like, how much does the agent stuff come into play, especially when it comes to like buyout guys and that type of thing? Of course. I mean, and and that's what Sean Marsh was trying to do when he when he first started here was build relationships with agents, treating their yeah lower tier players and clients uh, with the utmost respect, like I mentioned, giving them the flowers to their families and things like that, showing them that, you know, the Nets are a first-class organization. Uh, when it comes to, you know, the relationships, look, I, I, I like to call this team uh, the Rock Nation Nets last year. <laughs> That's really who they were. And, and, and ironically, or or not ironically, uh, Jay-Z, Hove, is, is, is the CEO of that company. You know, he's the founder of Rock Nation, from Brooklyn, you know, so he had to give that. up shares of the Nets to become yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, so last year they were the Rock Nation Nets. There was a one point, even before March, where Jeff Schwartz had about, I don't know, seven players on the team. Yeah, wow. You know, like, so of course, you know, like these guys talk, they talk to their agents, the relationships, they all come full circle, like you said, Sam. And Drummond fired Palenka. That was his agent, and Drummond fired him. So. I don't know yeah. how that relationship going to the Lakers is going to be. So, all right, last last thing on on, on all of this, you know, um, uh, Mick Claxton. 
What does all of this do to Nick Claxton, and is it wrong or right, Pooh? It's right. He's just got to stay healthy, brother. Yep. He's, he's he's the real deal. I mean, this kid, he could do it all. For for what you want in a modern big man, this kid could do he's it all. Whether, yes, exactly. I mean, you know, rim running, catching those alley-oops. The kid, the kid could jump out of the gym. He could dribble the ball if he really wanted to. They're not going to do that because they have basically three point guards on the floor at all times. But, you know, <laughs> he, he, he can he can dribble the ball and he can hit a jump shot. If they let him do it, he can hit it. Like right. that south pole dribbling, don't underestimate that. And don't underestimate the fact that the point guard of the team is also a south pole as well. Yep. That left lefty connection is very important, more important than people think. It's hard for righties to defend those lefties. So when he sets that pick, and he's rolling the other way, the unexpected way that the defender's anticipating. Mm-hmm. And he's catching those lobs from James Harden. You know, it's 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 real pretty. I mean, look, 32 points in 32 minutes. That's the one thing with Blake. You know, I hope that Clax doesn't lose any time because of this. Because he, you know, he's earned his keep in a, in a very small sample size last year and this year. Uh, but also, you know, something I said coming into the season was give Nick Clax in 10 games and and. He should be a starter on this team. No, he. I, I trust um, Spencer Dinwiddie's uh, scouting. <laughs> he said that uh, uh, Jared Allen would be a top three big man. I, I believe that's going to happen. He said that this kid has more talent than everybody on the team that's not Kevin Durant. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kyrie yeah, Irving we, is on this team. <laughs> we, we, we talked about it, too, like people were comparing Jared Allen and, and, and Clax, and, and they're kind of different players, you know? I trust Clax around the rim a little bit more. I, it, not only that, I, I think that, that um, you know, I think Jared Allen is a center. And, and, and you know, Claxton is positionless basketball. He looks like a kid that was a guard in his early years, had a growth spurt, and he's still – kind of yeah. growing into his body he's a he's a late bloomer he's 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 added muscle but i almost feel like he needs time to add bone density he looks like he's gonna get hurt um you know almost every game he plays and he plays hard too he's not afraid uh but he's gonna have to sit <laughs> I, yeah. I i i he they're they're gonna have to protect him they're obviously a lot of people are gonna get load management time off so, so people are going to play no matter who we add to the team. But I, I even Nash said, you know, that we look at him as a development player that's that's going to grow in our system. I kind of think that was Nash knowing who he was going after, and and saying and kind of being realistic with us that he's not the for right now. Is is that a wrong way to look at it, Pooch? No, I know I know what you're saying. Uh... Uh, although I I do think him and him and DJ are gonna split time eventually at the very least, and that and the thing is that's gonna bring the best out of DJ because he's not gonna be winded, mm-hmm. might be able to actually jump, you know, if he's only playing eighteen to twenty minutes a game, like like he's thirty four, like, he's 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 no spring chicken doing all yeah, this. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. So if he splits time, he's not playing twenty eight, twenty nine a game. Mm-hmm. If he's splitting time with Clacton, when he's actually out there, he's gonna have the energy to do those things that they need him to do. Yeah. Right. It's not. It's not going to bring the worst out in him. Kind of like what we saw last year, where he really couldn't move, or very early this season, where he, he really he was missing rotations because he was exhausted. He was winded. His legs weren't there. Um, 
something I appreciate appreciate about uh, Claxton and Bruce Brown and, and these guys, even TLC, like the Nets clearly haven't gotten up for the teams below 500. So you see these young fellas that are looking to make a name for themselves in the league. Right. Uh, playing winning culture uh, and, try, again, trying to make a name for themselves. They're – they're playing hard. They they want to be on that court. They want to earn their keep on this team, and and that's what Nick Claxton is doing right now. That's right. what Bruce those Brown are, is doing. Right now. Those are the nights that you want a Claxton to play is against Atlanta to to just go chase after their their puppies out there chasing after each other. You know the big yeah. dogs don't have time for that. You know, so I I see what you're saying, Pooch. Before we let you go, are we a championship team? Don't just say yes or no. If it if the answer is yes, if we're gonna if we're gonna touch, you know, touch uh, the the Larry O'Brien this year, uh, tell me why, and 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 if not, tell me why not. They're winning the chip this year, as long as everyone stays healthy. They're winning the chip because there's no team that's as talented as the Brooklyn Nets since what that seventeen eighteen Warriors team. This is the most talented team in the NBA in, in the last three years, at the very least. Um, something that I had lunch with, with Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith back during the Jeremy Lin Nets days. Mm. We're talking. I said, you think they could squeeze in? You think they could do any? You know, can they give teams a run? And look, you know, you take Chuck and all that. You, you could take their word with a grain of salt on, on, on TNT, but when you're sitting behind, behind closed doors with them, they looked at me and they said, look, young man, they said <laughs> – at the end of the day, whatever team has more talent is going to win this thing. And I'm looking at this Nets team right now, and I'm saying James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, DeAndre Jordan, now Blake Griffin, the best three-point shooter in the NBA with Joe Harris. Who's stopping that? Nobody. I, I don't care about defensive issues. <laughs> you score 130, they're going to score 140. Right. So right. It's, it's one of those things where I just don't think anybody can match up with them. People ask me, Pooch, who's, who's covering Embiid? I said, well, who's covering Harden, KD, and Kyrie? And Joe Harris. You know, like, like, like who on the Bucks? Like, who, who's covering Giannis? Okay, well, who's covering Brooklyn's big three and then that guy in the corner shooting 50%? Right. Pooch, I got to ask, ask you one one final really quick thing that I'm just curious about because um, it's kind of been like an under-the-radar Nets thing. Um, yeah. Is – I'm just curious. Do you think – do you think that the buyout guys – are kind of filling the the need that they would have looked for if they tried to trade uh, Dinwiddie, and or do you think that like at this point Dinwiddie? We didn't even talk about Dinwiddie. My God, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, I know. I just. I mean, super quick. I'm, I'm just curious if, if you think that they want him back, and if not, will like will they trade him, or at this point are the buyout guys basically filling what they would have tried to trade for him anyway? It's it's tough. The whole Spencer Dinwiddie situation is difficult because he has that player option. So yep. you ask like, what what is his value? If you're another team, you're saying I, I want at least that one year commitment that he has left on his contract. Right. At, at the very least, if I'm giving you an asset, I want some uh, you know I want some sort of commitment. And then if you're Spencer Dinwiddie, you're saying, you know, am I really going to play this game with fire after a partially torn ACL and enter the free agent market? and opt out uh, after basically a season that, that I don't know if he's going to miss the whole year, but, you know, he's missing the whole year at this point as far as we know. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's one of those, like, it, it's hard to tell. Like, 
I see what they're trying to do with the buyout guys. They're, you know, Sean Marks has done this very well, trying to revitalize guys' careers. You know, Amon Chumpert's of the world, the, the Andre Robersons of the world. I don't think it's really necessarily working with those two specific players, but um, I, look, they've they've picked up I think 24 guys this year, 24 players on this on their roster. Their record is 26. Um, I anticipate that number to go up and and answer your question uh, to yeah, fill that void of trying to find a playmaker, somebody that could just score off the bench, uh, feed feed Blake those lobs. But at the end of the day, Sam. They're going to have one of those big three on the court at all times, and, and that's all that matters. Yep. And with the Dinwiddie thing, it, it's like this. There's probably a, a team out there that's going to want Dinwiddie to get traded into their into their cap space. Get Have the, um, uh, you know, be able to, to overpay him to keep him because there's a lot of teams that need a lead ball handler like, like Dinwiddie. Draft picks, they would probably prefer Dinwiddie to a chance at, at you know, uh, using a couple of draft picks because he's definitely an NBA-level type um, point guard. I'm positive the Nets are, are getting um, phone calls, but the only leverage they have is the fact that a lot of teams that really need Spencer Dinwiddie are capped out. And I don't think Spencer Dinwiddie is going to turn down the person who gives him the most money, he could parlay this into uh, a max contract, which is not a crazy max contract for him, but he could pro- he could flip this into 20-plus mil, um, uh, Pooch. It, it, what do you think he gets? Take a quick guess per year on average. After, after partially torn ACL, I, I think then what he gets 17, 16, 17 a year. I think he gets at least 20. Sam? Uh, I think he's. I think he. I probably think he gets a little. I think Van Vliet got four years, eighty. I think he probably gets a little bit under that because of the, because of the, the, the injury. injury. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere in so, that ballpark. Uh, John Marks calls uh, Cleveland and says, "We'll flip Drummond and Spencer." You, you do it. I just don't think the money works. Doesn't line I think, up. Bro. I think the way that I think the way that uh, that you get Drummond is you you you. You make him force himself into a buyout, and you give him the what? What is it? The the MLE is what four point nine, five point two, something like that. Like five point six or something. Yeah, they they have that. They could give five point six mil. The the Lakers can't. So, we so what happens? What happens when the Knicks say, uh, well, "Here, we'll give you uh, Frank in a second rounder, just so he doesn't go to Brooklyn." But that the money doesn't work. It have it have to be something else to to make the money work. He's an expiring, right? Yeah, but he's still right now twenty eight mil. Yeah, I don't know where the Knicks caps. Yeah, everybody's capped out. Everybody's capped. I don't know where the Knicks are at right now, but it's just it's an interesting thing because you got to figure that Cleveland wants something, something back from Andre Drummond. It's it's hard to get something that is not twenty eight mil. <laughs> that the money yeah. doesn't match at least even for the rest of the year. Who who's owed for the rest of the year fourteen mil? That that's the that's the thing that makes that tough. We're we're winning a championship, Pooch. Pooch, please let everybody know where they could get, where they can find you, and all the great work you're doing. Like, go ahead and and, and plug away before we, we we close this joint out. 
Yeah, man. And thank you guys for having me on. You guys can follow me at uh, at a pooch like a dog <laughs> on any social media platform: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it might be. Uh, I'm writing a daily NBA newsletter at theassociation.com, and our Twitter account is just at association. So follow it there. Subscribe to the newsletter. It's free. It's easy. It's very quick. Uh, the gold standard of NBA writing, especially when it, the topic is the Brooklyn Nets. Um, you know, I, I'm a subscriber, and I think everybody should go run out and get that. Yo, m- my man, Sam, last words? No, oh, yeah. I mean, everybody should subscribe. I'm, I'm a subscriber as well. It's awesome. I re- Pooch, I really appreciate all your uh, Nets work. Uh, thank you guys so much, and I appreciate you the support and for having me on. For real, this was this was awesome. My man, um, again, we're gonna win a championship. Let's do this, New York City. Give, I, I, I want a ring for sitting with those teams all those years. Hey, you deserve a ring. Yeah, you, <laughs> you deserve a ring, my brother. <laughs> Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.